create your own road show. I whooped his ass at Circle K. Good Lord, you wearing that to church? Or? We gonna do it again. Fired up, son. So you're gonna tell me that you don't have no black cat, no Roman candles, or screaming me? Have you called your mama today? You gotta understand that I went to prison when I was seven years old. Seven years old. Howdy Strangers, Al Mirabella here, the host of Howdy Strangers, the only podcast approved for the emergency treatment of SARS-CoV-19. And, you know, this is a this is a one-shot. You don't have to listen to two episodes. When I first got the SARS-CoV-19 vaccine uh, via audio podcast, I had to listen to one episode. And then one month later, I had to listen to one much worse episode that made me sick for 10 plus hours. This is only kind of half fake now granted i did not get the vaccine uh via podcast but i may as well have that's probably going to be the future of something one day we're going to be able to like use audio frequencies to transmit important biological uh dna information at some point i'm sure now is it going to happen while i'm alive no but as uh you know the regular listeners of this podcast know this podcast does not exist for the people listening in 2021 though shout out shout out to my peeps out here rating and reviewing on apple podcasts and uh and subscribing on spotify this is of course a historical record meant to be listened to 500 plus years from now in an attempt to reconcile the what i'm going to assume is all-powerful godhead technological super being hal d that i uh, am of course training uh, and using using these audio logs, these these uh, conversations to shift, uh, permeate, permutate my algorithmic fun little guy Hal D into uh, you know, like I said, he the man's taken over my brand when I die. We actually I was discussing with somebody earlier this week that I don't think that my AI, I've never mentioned if it has uh, any sort of gender identity. And I maybe have referred to Hal D as a as a, a boy AI at some point on this podcast, but I want to be 100% clear that that is his choice. Um, at this point, I can only work on, on what I know of him, and that is that mainly he gets to listen to a bunch of straight white guys talk because um, that's the people that will come on a podcast. Like 99% of the time, if I ask somebody to come on a podcast, they uh, they say no. But the 1% of the time that somebody says yes, it's always like just a normal straight white dude who thinks that his opinion on things is super, super important. Like it's almost like you have to have an audacity to uh, to make yourself heard online. And I definitely have that kind of audacity. Um, and, you know, as a content creator, I do feel I'll go ahead and say largely self-important. And speaking of largely self-important content creators, I'd love to welcome to the show. Uh, I would say my second best friend in the entire world, besides Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, booktuber Katie Colson. Katie, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I was definitely unaware of if I should have been ultimately silent while you're doing the intro i was trying not to laugh i wasn't sure what kind of audio reverb you were trying to uh not have in that intro so my bad if i wasn't giving you the laughter that i could have been 
No, it's okay. I I would probably would have cut out whatever you you, you had said in the earlier part of it anyway. I like to think that I like to think that like in my mind, I'm sitting at the desk on a late night show. And until I say welcome to the show XYZ that the person's like behind a curtain in my mind or or maybe I'm like I'm like Mark Marin letting people in through the garage door right before I start. So what have you been up to? How's it going? It's uh, not too shabby. I have to go to work today, so but they could be better, but I don't have to be there until three o'clock. So the day itself is good. Yeah, I, I'm honestly I, I know a lot of people don't like working evenings or night shifts. Um, a lot of people don't like working really early morning shifts. I find the sweet spot for going into work is the 12 to 3 range because it, it allows you to like sleep in a little bit and maybe wake up and like go to a coffee shop if there was not a airborne um, a, airborne disease just kind of like hanging around floating in the around. sky right now. Floating around. Just, just floating out there. Ruining your plans. What do you do? What is your job? Oh, I am a server. Like mm, okay. I won't ask you to tell me where you serve at, but what kind of place do you serve at? It's like a southern kitchen and bar, but it's like an elevated price. So we love that one. I think that's I that sounds right up my alley. How have I never how have I never been? I feel like I should go. Probably because Would it be it's weird? expensive. Oh, it's expensive. I don't like, like I wouldn't go Southern there. fair. I would not go there if I didn't work there. <laughs> For sure. Do no. you do you get like are you are you in the back of the kitchen eating that 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 free food telling telling the cook, "Hey, do me a favor, make me XYZ and and eating it under the table?" Oh, what I do is when the people at the restaurant do one of those, "Oh my god, I made a mistake." Like, "Oh," and then the kitchen gets mad because they think they're an idiot. They don't give the food to them. They'll just hand it to somebody that they don't think is a stupid in the moment. And I'll just be standing around. And if I see somebody mess up and the chef's like, F this guy. And then that guy leaves and he's like, hey, do you want this? I'm like, oh, my God. Yes. Thank you so much. I would love it. I used to work at Domino's Pizza. And um, at Domino's Pizza, we were not allowed to make pizza for ourselves. Um, But we were allowed to eat whatever was ordered that nobody came to pick up. So I would just like text my friends and I'd be like, Hey, do me a favor, <laughs> call Domino's and order X, Y, Z. They'd be like, what? Why? I'm not going to eat that. It's like, it's okay. You're not going to pick it up either. I'm just going to, it's going to sit there for two hours and be like, Whoa, crazy. That person didn't come to pick their food up or anything. I guess I'm going to eat this stuffed cheesy bread and order of wings. And eventually my manager did get to a point where he's like, you know, it seems like a lot of people are ordering the exact same thing and not picking it up every time you work a shift out. And yes, you played uh, you know. the system. You played the system and you did it well. Now, you could have done it a little bit more creatively by changing up the order, but you know what? It was your first time. Next time, if you find yourself at a Domino's working there, uh, God forbid, but if you do, you'll know how to make this work long term. I would absolutely work at a Domino's pizza again. You know, I, a lot of people will like work at a restaurant and it will ruin the food for them. And I remember when I started working, the people I was working with were like, do you like Domino's? Um, 
and I, I basically, I had no strong opinion because my, we were not a Domino's pizza family and everybody I worked with was like, well, you're going to hate Domino's by the time you leave here. And I think it probably was because I had never really ate Domino's beforehand, but I loved Domino's the entire time that I was working there. And I'm still very nostalgic for Domino's. Um, Domino's pizza is not particularly good. Strong wings, strong sandwiches. They used to have some really good pasta bowls. They took the good pasta bowls off the menu. Uh, but you know, and and I will say that the stuffed cheesy bread, their version of like a, a cheese breadstick is the best version of a cheese breadstick of anywhere I've ever been. Even like local homemade, like artisanal gastro pub versions of cheese sticks are not nearly as good as the Domino's pizza stuffed cheesy bread. I would venture to say that if someplace that sells pizza doesn't have good cheesy bread, then you might as well just level it and start from scratch. Mm. <laughs> you could Do have you like pizza? pizza? Are you a big, are you a big pizza well, person? I lo- really love pizza, but I try not to eat pizza because I have diabetes and pizza is like one of the biggest problem foods for diabetics because oh, wow. it's a lot of complex carbs. So I try not to do it, but you know, you can't win every time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've been in a position in the past where there have been foods that were off limits to me that I would still just have to eat sometimes. I went through a phase. I um, I, I, st- I did a, a pilot for a web show called mm-hmm. For Cereal because I love cereal. Yeah. And I was eating a lot of cereal back to back, different kinds of cereals, like doing like cereal based experiments or whatever. And in the process of doing this with a handful of my friends, for whatever reason, and this happened when I was like 22, and I, I've heard that this happens to a lot of people in their early 20s, where um, I started to develop like not necessarily a a strict lactose intolerance, but just a, a general intolerance to milk. And it was making me sick every time I would eat eat cereal. And I, I'm normally a kickback the milk kind of guy too. And I love milk. And I know that that's not an adult position to take, um, but I love like a cool glass of milk or whatever. And as I... I, it like really depressed me because I like really enjoyed eating cereal and I don't like fake milk. There's not a fake milk that tastes good. I now you, I drink fair life milk, which is not fake milk, but it's it's milk with the lactose skimmed out of it or what have you. But at the time, I basically was just like, fuck it. And I just would I would just on a Saturday mornings, I'd be like, well, I'm going to eat three bowls of cereal right now. And I have two days to recover before I have to do anything else. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I live in fear of because I think everybody becomes lactose intolerant at some point in their life, uh, where you slowly become lactose intolerant. I'm definitely living in fear of becoming lactose intolerant because cheese is like one of three foods that has zero carbs. So mm-hmm. I eat a lot of it all the time. Like I literally have uh, six uh, medium wheels of cheese in my refrigerator right now that got delivered to me. Is it like a cheese subscription box? Uh, it was a taster crate, and you know, <laughs> why why get one? Why why not just get the gamut? Do you uh do you eat cheese by itself, or do you put cheese in foods? Like, what's what's all, your preference there? All preference, all all of them. I put it. Make a lot of omelets. I eat a lot of it Ooh, by yeah. itself. I like cheese and nuts. I like cheese and wine. I like cheese and charcuterie like cheese and cheese by itself cheese is top tier 
ultimate god tier food item. Yeah, and I, I guess like, and I, I don't really have any science. There's, there's not like a, um, a, a true intersection here, but cheese and bread occupy the same class of like comfort staple. I feel like oh, yeah. if you can't eat bread, you maybe could at least eat some cheese. Though I will say, for me personally, and I love cheese. I'm like huge on cheese. It's, it's one of the reasons I could primarily not be a vegan. Um, I could give up meat. I could give up eggs. I I could even give up milk, but I couldn't really give up cheese. But I can't eat cheese by itself. Like I I find mm-hmm. like you know how people will get like a string cheese and just and peel it and eat it. I find that revolting. I will See, occasionally I like eat cheese. a baby bell. See, no no I, no no string cheese. I don't really like those kind of cheeses, and I didn't start liking cheese until until I started working at the restaurant that I work at now, who does a lot of artisanal cheeses and like expensive cheeses and stuff. And then I started trying them and I'm like, oh, these are all really good. And it's not like I buy expensive cheese, but just knowing that there was other things that I might like that wasn't just like the regular cheddar. There's plenty of cheeses I don't like, but that was uh, an eye-opening experience for sure. I mean, there's there's nothing, there's there's just nothing better than a good baked brie. You know, you know what I'm saying? Or, or an aged parmesan let's just get really into the ditty gritty okay cheese is god tier what what do you have like i know you said that there's some cheeses that you're not crazy about i'm the same way like what is a cheese that you absolutely can't eat on something blue blue (laughs) well if it's with something like if it's like with hot wings i'm like okay but that's just that's okay it's okay blue cheese with uh with wings it's 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 a fine combo but anytime I'm served blue cheese with wings, my thought is, well, I would rather this just be some ranch. Yeah. But blue cheese, and I know, and yes, it is cheese, but it's not really like, when I think of cheese, it's like, what is something I can like take a slice of? Like feta, I don't like feta, and I only barely consider feta to be a cheese at all. I love feta, but I do think of it as half milk and half salt. So... Mm. You're kind of bordering out of cheese, but I love feta, but I wouldn't eat feta by itself. Like feta is like a oh, strictly no. salad situation. Mm-hmm. And when I worked at Domino's, one of our cheesy breads that we had, and this was the only situation where, it, and I wouldn't do it for a long time because I was revolted by feta, but we had a spinach and feta cheesy bread and the feta was stuffed inside, but it was stuffed with regular cheese as well. And I think that like with like a regular pizza cheese, like and a little bit of feta, it's it's like the perfect level of sharp or what have you, but I'm not crazy about the texture of feta, and it's not it's not an easy cheese for me to figure out what to put it on. Like if I had some feta at home, I don't really make the kind of foods that feta goes in, so I would never just go to the store and buy it. Respect, <laughs> respect. You know you have to have a a limit with yourself. I don't even know how we got to cheese, but I kind of love that this is what we're talking about. We've literally talked for like a third of the podcast about cheese. I'm totally cool with it. Um, I definitely just caught myself in the side of my laptop and was like, have I just been talking about cheese this whole time? Nobody is surprised that this is where I turned this. I I do kind of want to like pivot a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I just would like to, can can we talk about diabetes? Because I don't really... I have people in my life who have diabetes, but they're all old people who have, what is it? Is the old people one you yeah. get, is that type two? 
Type, type, if you get it when you're older, it's almost always type two. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> My alarm because I wake up late as heck. That's okay. That's staying in the show. We're fine with that. <laughs> so do you have do you have type one? Yes. Okay. And I'm assuming like I know that that's the one that is a little bit more of a like lifestyle altering thing you have to deal with for your entire life. I know that there are folks who uh, experience symptoms of type two diabetes that can kind of get away with hating themselves and, and not really treating it. But you, you, you can basically die if you eat too much carbs and sugar, correct? I would say that the biggest difference would be if you now sometimes, you know, if type two goes too far, then it will lead up lead to the same place. But the best way to look at it is say, if you looked at me who has type one diabetes and then somebody next to me who had type two, it would be that their pancreas doesn't do what it's supposed to unless they like, maybe their pancreas doesn't make enough insulin. So they need to go on a diet. They need to exercise or they could take a pill that just tells their pancreas to make insulin. Mine mm. doesn't work period and will never work again. Like it will oh, not wow. make insulin. I have to give myself insulin for food and such. And even if I always ate things that didn't have carbs, I would still die because you have to have insulin in your body to create uh, energy to be able to move Mm -hmm. and stuff. So, but there are some type twos that that does happen because they don't kind of retroact it in time. But I've met plenty of type twos who just take pills, like a pill a day, and then never have to take insulin. Yeah, I have a history of type 2 diabetes in my family, and I know, I'm sure, like, at a, at a point, all things are a little bit genetic, but I don't think, like, I just look at the way my family eats, and I'm like, yeah, of course, eventually, if you do that kind of thing for long enough, you just fuck your body up like that, it's gonna, you're gonna wear the pancreas out, or what have you. I don't, uh-huh. I don't know the particular science behind that, but I, I do know that, like, I'm, I'm pretty lucky to have a, to not have a history of, of, like, people in my family dying of like going into diabetic comas or whatever. Mm -hmm. I do have, um, what I have is a family history of like addiction and loss of willpower. So I've got plenty of folks in my family that they're, they're like pricking the needle, giving themselves the insulin and then just going and eating a big fucking plate of spaghetti. And then they're like, I wonder why I feel bad all the time. Uh, I was about to say, I was like, that's gotta be rough to be, to have a lot of like addicts, but then also have a lot of people with diabetes in your family. It's like, Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's probably not a great combo. I would say. So are you zero carb? Do you eat any carbs? Oh yeah. I, I eat basically what I would say probably what anybody would eat, except like there are specific things that I'm like, I, and I won't do that. But mm-hmm. if I ate zero carbs, I would have to eat carbs because I have to take insulin. So I have to maintain some sort of carbs. Mm-hmm. The only things I won't do, like I won't drink regular soda because it's not worth it. And I won't eat, like if I eat pizza or something, I'm like, I'll do it, but I won't eat like a bunch of it. I don't like sweets, so I don't eat. I, I mean, I do it sometimes. not like I'm like, <sighs> I'm never going to do that. But I'm like, I'll eat candy, but sometimes I like cake, but I don't care about that. I would much rather eat nachos which has the same amount of carbs but at least i'd have a better time <laughs> mm-hmm. so i'd rather now, do stuff like that 
you say there are some things that you like basically just kind of can't eat. What what are some examples of things that and maybe I'm not going to say can't eat, but like are not worth it to you. You don't really eat sweets. Is there anything in particular that like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One time I was at a Golden Corral buffet and I, and I ate one of their pieces of fudge and then I almost fucking died or whatever. Do you have a do you have an example? I would say, well, the biggest thing is when I don't drink like regular soda. The only difference is ices. I'm like, listen, it's worth it. I'll take whatever insulin you want me to take. I'll do whatever you want. Ices are worth everything. But I won't drink like, so I don't drink regular soda. And I don't, I don't eat ice cream that isn't like Halo Top where it has like very many carbs because those things, the body doesn't have to break them down. It's just liquid. So it hits you immediately. So it's like, you can't take the insulin fast enough. You, it's like impossible. I think the only times where I've ever been like, had a really bad experience, like, because I do feel like I'm very overly diligent to the point of like, <laughs> of consuming my life. But I, the only time where I've ever had like a truly, truly horrible experience was when I was at a bar on my birthday and I, thought that what I was drinking was diet ginger ale and tequila because they told me that's what they were giving me and it wasn't. And that was a day you can, you could go ahead and ask about it later, but that was a day where one of my friends took me, thought I was just wasted, dropped me off in front of Beth's job, my roommate, and was just like, something was wrong with your friend. And then she had to like decide whether she was going to take me to the ER or what she was going to do. It was, it was not a great day. Holy shit. Did you end up going to the ER? No. Well, I, I, I got mugged that night too. So my insulin was stolen. And oh my, my God. Like, <laughs> it was just a fun night. Um, so it was like my insulin was stolen because they thought it was drugs. Obviously. Uh, in a CD bar. Man, that's going to be so disappointing to that person when they shoot that up and all of a sudden their body just processing sugar more efficiently. <laughs> Yeah, they're just like, why do I feel like weak all of a sudden? This is weird. Um, so that happened. No, I think we just went to CVS, like a 24-hour CVS, because I was like, I'm not going to the fucking ER. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to the ER. That's like too much money. <laughs> Luckily, it worked sad. out. That yeah. it's it's sad that you have to be like, yeah, it's too much money to go t- uh, take care of a legitimate um, health concern. I've been in that exact same position. I um, I had an experience one time where I it was it was unclear if I had drank too much or if I had been drugged. Um, and I had to make the decision the next day if I was going to go try and get like a a panel done to see if I was had been drugged. And so I went to a urgent care and they were like, we can't do this here. You're going to have to go to the emergency room. And I went to the emergency room and they let me get all the way in the emergency room and do all the stuff that, you know, basically sat me in a room for two and a half hours before anyone came and talked to me so that they could charge me for sitting in a room for two and a half hours. And then a doctor came and he's like, yeah, you know, that actually doesn't even like really exist. Like basically you can't even test for getting drugged. And I was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, like the government can do it, like in like government facilities and stuff like that. But the price of all that stuff is just too expensive and it just happens so infrequently that we basically just don't test for it. And uh, no hospital in the area does. I was like, well, fucking what about when people get drugged? Like, how do you 
They're anyway. like, we're only going to test it if you got murdered afterward. Well, anyway, so it was the most useless waste of like three <laughs> hours of my life. And then I left and I went home and then they sent me a bill for $2,700. And it's like, great. I love this. See, that's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous when you're like, what is it that's going to cost a bunch of money? And then there are certain things where you're like, oh, okay, I'm confused. That was like a surgery. Why did it cost less? But okay, fine. I'll take it. One thing that I think that happens as an adult um, is there in like... I want to be more like lately I've, I've really been trying to be a little bit better with my like spending habits. One of the weird things about working freelance is like sometimes I have a lot of money and sometimes I have no money. And so the smart thing to do is like to ration and budget. Um, but I really knew how to ration and budget when I worked for, you know, nine years before I moved to Atlanta, whenever I like had steady, consistent work that I was doing. And now, um, now I like I, now that I, I have my budget on paper, I'm doing fine. Like I really am. But when I look at like, well, I can pay X, Y, Z back at this rate and I can continue. I still have a little bit of discretionary money or whatever. But now the thought is like in the older I get, the more shit like this happens to me, the more it stresses me out. It's like, oh, uh, I like if I were to get into a car accident right now, it w- my life would be ruined because uh-huh. I don't, I can't, I can't, I've not budgeted for that. And so I used to be like, I remember like thinking to my parents and, and th- my parents are very cheap. And I think that being cheap is a good trait to have that I don't share with them. Oof. Um, I always be like, like, why do you know, mom, you make okay money, dad, you make okay money. Like, why don't you ever go le- like, why are you still driving a 15 year old car? And the or maybe reason they grew as up I've, with you, that mentality, you know, and that's partially definitely part of the case. My parents both grew up very, very poor. Uh, my dad grew up in the projects of Baltimore, Maryland, and my mom grew up um, in a in a nine child house home in um, in the woods of northwest Florida. And her her dad, my grandpa, didn't have a real job. He would just go into the woods and he would chop down lumber and then take it to different restaurants and try and sell it to them. My parents, my mom, um, for reference, had an outhouse until she was 12 years old. They finally got a bathroom. And then when they got a bathroom, they still didn't have a tub. So my mom had to do like when she was growing up, it was a boil water on the wood stove. Take it to the wash tub basin out in the back and take your your bath out there. You know, any story, no matter how horrific, um, gets elevated at least 30 degrees by the use of the outhouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that whole thing became comedy. Just the one word outhouse. You killed it. I, it, 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 you know, like my mom has driven me past where her house used to be, like in the part of town. And so I'm, I grew up in Pensacola, Florida. You grew up in Niceville? Mm-hmm. Well, I grew up in yeah, Destin, so- but then I went to high school in Niceville. Okay, so you, but you're you're familiar with like the you know the culture of Northwest Florida, um, oh, yeah. but like there's definitely like a part of Florida that is like beachy, but oh, yeah. and it's not far away. You just drive like 15 miles north, and you're like, oh, this is just like the country, and that's where my mom grew up in like the country, country. But now, um, where she lives is more of like a low income neighborhood, and. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I like look back and, and I know folks who live out there, you know, because a lot of people our age 
that's like where they start starter homes and where they like uh, rent homes for when they when they first move out of their parents house or whatever i know so many folks who live out there who are unaware of like the history of the other kind of people that that lived in the area and they'll be like man this house sucks it's such an old house i can't believe it's not updated to xyz i'm like dude you know that every house over here until like 1972 had an outhouse like that's how like backwards the area is uh, in some ways, but I also find yeah, it endearing. Well, nice my though, mom. where I, well, my parents, like they still live now. It didn't get renamed that until I think it was after I was born. I was, I was like, I don't remember how old I was when it got renamed that it used to be called boggy Bayou. Oh, wow. I yeah. love that. Embarrassing. And they let their uh, three or four year old daughter name the town. So that's why it's named now. I kind of cool like times. both of those names. I kind of like Boggy Bayou and Niceville. I've always thought that Niceville was a good name. It's just, it's it's interesting because I don't think about it anymore. But whenever I say it, it always, people will just stare at me like, that's not real. But then again, the last person that did that told me they were from Plant City, Florida. I was like, you don't have anything you can say to me right now. <laughs> not, you can't have any judgment in your eyes. One of my favorite parts of Northwest Florida is how uh, just there inexplicably is a place called Panama City, even though it's certainly nowhere near Panama. Oh, yeah. That's a different country. Uh, yeah. I, I And Panama City is one of those places because people hear about Panama City and they think about spring break because Panama City Beach is a place that tons of people all across the, the country spend their spring break at. And I've, I've went, I've done spring break at Panama city beach. Um, it was not cool. Cause I was not cool at the time. I was with a group of my like nerdy theater friends. Um, I'm not a theater person, but I hung out with a bunch of nerdy theater folks. And, uh, we all got like airbrush t-shirts at the Walmart that said like cougar bait. And we all like oh trying to like hit on older ladies and Wait, it just straight up didn't work. How old am I? No, how old were you when you did that? Oh, how old was I? Nineteen or twenty, probably. Wow, you were the staple photo of someone at Walmart in Florida. Oh yeah, I'm like one hundred percent. I'm working on this new show right now, and they're talking to me about how, uh, like, they like to make fun of me as like the Florida man because uh-huh. I have like an allegiance to Alabama football, and because I will occasionally like wear like a guy harvey t-shirt that's just my personal brand or whatever um they like to make fun of me like and i know it's gentle ribbing they're not like being dicks or whatever but they're like you know like got the florida man here i'm like you don't understand like i'm so proud to be a florida man i am like and when i lived in pensacola i actively rejected the idea of like i'm like a southern person and then when i moved to atlanta and atlanta is in the south but because it's like a bigger city with like kind of a culture that's a a little bit separate than the culture of the South. Um, people would be like, you know, like, especially when I'm drinking, they'd be like, you have like this like country accent. And I'm like, I don't have, it's not a, first off, I don't consider my accent to be a country accent when I, and, and when I podcast, I have to like be a little more eloquent, but, uh, you know, you put two beers in me. I'm a little bit, you put two beers in me. I start talking a little bit different. You know what I mean? And um, I, I was initially kind of like not ashamed of it, but just like a little embarrassed. But I fully embraced it at this point. I've lived here for two years and now like I'm just slowly becoming more Southern the more I live in the city. I think it has to do with my generally contrarian nature. I was about to say, I was like, it, well, but everybody's doing it. It's not interesting. But if everybody mm-hmm. isn't using the accent, 
then it then it's different. But that's interesting because my mom has a very southern accent, but I didn't think she ever did. And other people would ask me like, "Is that is that your mom? Why don't you talk like that?" Because well, my dad and her both both grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, so it's like they she says things like, "Oh my stars." And driving this Daisy, <laughs> like that's literally things that comes out of her mouth. Um, but I don't have an accent. I don't. I, it's probably because Destin, Florida. There's only like four kids that actually live there. Everyone else is from the military base or the um, that Air Force base. So it's mm-hmm. like it's all people that are only there for like six months. So there really wasn't any Southern accents in the schools that I was at because they were all from like all around the world. And I probably just was like, yeah, I'm not going to talk like that. Like, the things my mom says, I'm like, no. The only thing that I say, you know, everybody has one. They have quotes from their parents that they also say, where, you know, whenever you do the whole, like, oh, you sound like your father or something because you say something they say. My mom's, I say this all the time. I literally, once a week, I say this to people. Her quote is, uh, you're going to get happy in the same pants you got mad in. And I, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's the life quote of the century. And then my dad's is always, because he's very like, if the job's going to get done, I'm going to do it myself because I'm the only one I can trust. But he always would say, uh, Colson's don't worry about money because he's like, the second you start overthinking about it, because that's something that we love to do. He's like, when you start overthinking about it, you're going to be broke like, immediately. And I was like, I have to tell myself that a lot. Like if I start writing down finances, then I thought like, and then now the game's over. <laughs> I uh, appreciate that both of your, your parents grew up in, in Memphis. Like that is, first off, the Tennessee accent is the crown jewel of Southern accents. Um, it is the best way to talk on the planet, in my opinion. Florida Florida man is like a lot more like Joe Dirt. Like a lot of the people that I know talk like Joe Dirt. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. But my, my mom, she, people, she, my mom has a very strong Southern accent, but people often would ask her if she was from Georgia cause she had just kind of, it's a little bit more like, you know, a little, but it's very Southern, like very, mm-hmm. and like, I love the way my mom says ice. She's always like, uh, does anybody need a glass of ass with their dinner? And oh it's like, God. yes, I do need a glass of ass with my dinner mom. Thank you very much. Do you uh, no. what? What brought your what brought your family to Destin and or Niceville? Um, I they own their they what they do is they own their own business and they install fire alarms in like condominiums and motels and hotels and stuff. And where is there more of those than Destin, oh, Florida? Yeah. So that's what they do. And it was I you know I didn't like. This growing up in the South. I mean, I, I think Destin is a beautiful place to be if you visit, but if you live there, it's a little different. I I wouldn't suggest it unless you're old, you know, to be honest. Because there's Living in do. a vacation town is really difficult because all the stuff that there is to do is not stuff that you can sustainably do all the time. It's like, okay. dude, I first off, there's six months out of the year that I can't go to the beach. Um, and then on top of that, it's like, all you do when you're in a town like that is you go to the beach and you get drunk and you can't get drunk every day. Or you choose to do that. And then all of a sudden you're just one of those people that never, that just stayed in that town. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I guess beach I'll, burnout. Or, yeah, I guess I'll be a beach burnout. 
But it's also interesting the fact that it was so many different kinds of people, but the fact that they left and whatever. And then, of course, when I went to Niceville, which is only the bridge over, and they're Southern. Like, Niceville mm-hmm. is a body Niceville is, yeah, for sure. And it was definitely um, one of those, I'm going to escape, because I'm like, yeah, no. The kind of person I am is going to be burned at the stake here, so I'm just going to hop hop on the next flight out okay bye bye i definitely sometimes have the feeling that i am not i'm not as i'm not as down home as some of the southern folks that i grew up with but i'm definitely not as city as the people who live in the city um i love spending time in atlanta but i definitely feel really home in pensacola and just being in northwest florida in general and i think about you know because like i work in film so i work freelance and I think about maybe eventually if I make enough money, just like splitting my time between the two, like maybe renting an apartment in Atlanta to work in Atlanta and then spending half of my year like in a home that I live in in Northwest Florida, because Northwest Florida is an astoundingly reasonably priced place to live. You can a home that would cost four hundred thousand dollars in Atlanta in Pensacola, Florida costs one hundred and twenty thousand dollars and. I, you know, another thing is like, I, I love having things to do in the city, yep. um, but I don't, I don't get along with city people as good as I get along with country folks. Like I just do. And it's weird. Oh, Cause like I said, it? like suburb is like the crossbreed of both of those. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely, my parents like live in a suburb right now, but the suburb my parents live in, if you drive out of their neighborhood, you know, you drive like p- past the sign that says like Woodside Estates or whatever. You are in like the Thompson sausage, like meat processing farm. Ooh. And my parents are uh, a five minute bike ride from the Alabama border. And it's just a bunch that of nothing in like every direction. The Thompson whatever sausage, that whole bit really sounded like the setting of one of the series of Fortune Events books for sure. Oh, wow. Wait, which one was it? Let me let me think. Which one would it be? Not the miserable mill. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, it would be the miserable. It would be one of the first ones when they go and literally have to get at the sausage. What? Oh my gosh! Which one is it? It's one of them. It's one of them. There's one where they're literally at like I don't know why now it's implanted in my brain that they worked at a sausage plant. They worked at some sort of plant where people lost their fingers. Hmm. Were you were you big this? into? Um, were you big into a series of unfortunate events? I would say that was probably my biggest book series as a kid. Yes, because my brother read them and I was like, oh, what is he doing? Because I would just read whatever he was reading. And then he and I got bored because there were so many books. And then I read, I think I read like up to seven. And then when I was in uh, college, bought them on eBay, read them all again, and then read them when the show came out. The last, the last book is absolute god tier. The last, the first three books and the last three books, amazing. All the ones mm-hmm. in between. Oh yeah. The hold on. Let me think. Is it the, is the? I know that it's the penultimate peril and then the end and then the one right before that. Don't tell me the name of it. It's the one that like takes place in a cave, right? Yeah, it's my it's my favorite one because of the cover. Well, actually, there's another one that is. It's, I think uh, that one that here. that. That second to, or that third to last one is my favorite for sure. Uh, I believe it's the slippery slope. Is it? No, wait, no, no, no. The Grim Grotto. Oh, the Grim 
about that one is my favorite because of the color. When I was a kid, the mm-hmm. color of the spine, which was that seafoam green, was my favorite, and I was like, "This is it." You 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 uh, have not left behind reading as an adult. You read a lot. Well, I I read a lot a lot when I was in elementary school, and then I stopped reading completely in middle school and high school. I think the only things I read was like required reading for AP English. And then I read The Hunger Games and that was it. Like I didn't read anything else. And then I read the Harry Potter series in, in then as well. And then in college I reread them. But I started listening to audiobooks. But then when quarantine hit, I was still listening to audiobooks because I'm like die hard fan for audiobooks. Like I will stay them until I die. But when quarantine hit, I was like you know what, let's try this again. And then it shot off into the sun. And now I read like, and it's. Mm. Well, you are on, you are on booktube. You are a booktuber, which I would like mm-hmm. to just understand. Cause man, that is not yep. the, that's not the section of YouTube that comes up in my recommendations. No, it's a niche um, for sure. <laughs> how long have you been like pursuing booktube on YouTube? I have been watching booktube for like, well, a couple people on there. Like, you know how some people just never leave your subscription box. You're like, oh, yeah, that person. I've been watching it forever. I've been watching it for, like, five years, probably, at this point, mm-hmm. I guess. But I didn't make any videos until July of 2020. And people kept telling me to do it because I was reading so much. But I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. But then... I really love it, and I do think it's one of those, like, especially with anything, I mean, with anything, but with, like, a niche, is that it was like nobody was watching, nobody was watching, because, of course, you don't expect them to, because they don't know who you are, and they don't know if they're going to like you, and you don't have a lot of content, and then there was, like, a, a read-a-thon, or, like, a kind of, like, a read-a-thon, and it was basically where this one person who had a bunch of followers was, like, we're going to do a week where there's these five different prompts and you read a book for each one. And I blogged like myself doing that. And she promoted that video. And then people were like, it was like they had access to like see me and then saw that I had other content. And then there was like people that watched me after that. And I think that can happen to anyone too. You know, if you just connect with people and they like who you are, they're going to want to support you because they know that you're a good person and that you make good content and they're not just doing it to get paid or something. They just want to support you as a creator. And I, (laughs) we love it. We love to see it. I know that whenever I like, uh, first started making content for the internet, which I've done in a variety of iterations over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, I, one of the most useful pieces of advice that I ever heard was uh, that you're not making when you're making when you're starting, you're not making videos for anybody to watch, but you're making videos for people to watch when they find your channel a year from now, right? Like, because when I find you know, and it happens, like I'll find a a, a YouTuber who has a video that I I really enjoy, and I'll click on their page, and they only have like two or three other videos, and to me, I'm like, and this is the wrong thought, but I'm like, do I even need to subscribe to this? But if I go and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. First off, I can connect with somebody who has, uh, you know, two hours worth of five minute long videos for me to watch. Like that's something I will like binge in a day. And then I then I've developed more of a connection to that content. I feel that way about podcasting because I love binging podcasts. 
Um, it's very rare that I catch a podcast right at the beginning. One that I did catch right at the beginning was the show called Hello from the Magic Tavern, which is an improvised fiction podcast. Um, but I would say that is probably the only show that I've basically listened to from the beginning. Otherwise, every show that I've ever found has been like found and connected with and resonated with uh, have been shows that like had a hundred episodes before I had an opportunity to to listen to it. Um, well, there's a difference. I still think of, about that. There's no risk if they have other content. One, there's no risk of I'm going to subscribe to them and they're never going to make more content. Or something I think that I like, or, or that uh, you know, I didn't know this before, but uh, I, I'm there's a point to which when people comment on your stuff that it's good, and then when you like, which you know, this hasn't happened to me. God bless. Knocking on my girlfriend. Uh, but when you reach like a certain amount of people, it starts going badly because they feel like there's anonymity and they can say whatever they want. But as of right now, like the people that comment on my stuff, I'm like, that's eye opening. I'm glad you told me that you like this. Um, or that let's say if a lot of people say they like a certain thing, I'm like, oh, really? You like that? Okay. I thought that would be boring. Okay. That's cool. But something I think is interesting is like people, if they want to, on YouTube, especially and you go on YouTube and you look, um, you're looking for what you want to see, not a channel you want to watch, but you're looking for a video you want to see. You watch a video, you can like it, you can comment, you can save it, you can do whatever you want, but that doesn't mean that you're subscribing to that person because you're just looking up something specific. Like maybe even if it's a beauty guru, you're like, I just want to see how to do this one thing. I don't care about your life. But then if somebody likes what you did and they're like, oh, well, maybe I like other things, then they can go and look at your backlog because the thing that I find like the most complimentary, um, like the best compliment that, that I get is when people comment because I talked about a book, like maybe I'm doing a reading vlog for a book and my reading vlogs are like 30 minutes. Like they're, they're very long and people will say, I don't care about this book. I would never read this, but I watched this because I like your personality or like, I just like watching your videos, even though I hated this book or like, I would never pick this up in a million years. And I'm like, that's interesting that people would subscribe even if they don't like what I read. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I'm sure that those kind of people have done this exact same thing that I do, which is where like when you are absorbing content via osmosis, right? Where I will sometimes like, I'm, I'm imagining somebody will be like on your end, oh yeah, XYZ about this book. And someone will ask them like, oh, did you read that book? And they'll either lie and say yes, or they'll be like, no, but I did watch a YouTuber talk about it pretty extensively. And I have to, I mean, I'm always embarrassed when I have to do that. Like I'll, I'm, I'll speak authoritatively on a topic and then someone will say, did you, oh, so you're into that? And it's like, no, I've actually never read Infinite Jest. I've just um, watched uh, a series of video essays on it talking about uh, David Foster Wallace and, and, and say something like, well, are you, did you do that with the intent to read it? And I'd just be like, no, I actually just really liked looking at the face of the guy who was talking about it. He was really handsome. Yeah, so but I he's watched. doing something for you so you don't have to do it, which I think is mm -hmm. interesting. I like those videos where people will do, like I've done this a couple times, but the whole, oh, I reread this book so that you don't have to. Like, mm -hmm. oh, this book came out a long time ago and maybe you think that you loved it, but if you read it as an adult, you'd be like, this was a horrible mistake. So it's like, you don't have to do it. I did it. And let me tell you what's wrong with it. Mm. Um, I, I'm happy to 
click on a Katie Colson video whenever it pops up on my on my TL, um, especially if you're going to tell me that I you read a book so that I don't have to. I'll tell you that's a that's a strong type of content, Katie. Very strong content. Do you have anything that you would like to teach or say to my uh, sentient artificial intelligence before we wrap this up, either about books or diabetes or cheese or anything else? Oh, my God, that I would like to teach. Oh, okay. You know, this is random, but it was something I got heated about the other day. So we're going to teach the future of this. Um, And this doesn't need to make sense to you, but I'm going to say it anyway. When... A female author writes a fantasy series, it doesn't mean that it needs to go in the children's section or the YA section. When she's writing a book where she literally talks about people sucking each other's dicks, do not put that in the 13-year-old section. Just because it's a female author, I'm going to fight Barnes & Noble. Every employee there, I'm going to fight all of them. How dare they? How dare they? I don't understand. When people are getting beheaded, why do you refuse to put it in the adult section of a Barnes and Noble? I just don't understand. <sighs> if she p- puts a, a male pseudonym on the front of that book, before you know it, that's an HBO series. You know? Oh yeah, ah uh, yeah. It's um, it's frustrating, and it's uh, she's five books in, and they still won't show it properly. People have started going to Barnes and Noble and taking all the books and putting them in the adult fantasy section, like as pranks. It just, you know, that was just something I went on an internet rant about the other day. So thought I'd share. No, I I appreciate it. And I would like for Haldi to understand uh, that often there is institutionalized sexism, things that people don't even realize that they're doing. Cause I can't say that there haven't been times in my life where I would see like a, a fantasy, but I'm not going to say it necessarily written by a lady, but like, you know how like a lady book cover sometimes looks a little different. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I look at a lady book cover and I'm like, well, that that could be in the young adult section or whatever. But I'm always here to learn. I'm here to to do to. to I've been an idiot my entire life, Katie, and I'm not going to stop anytime soon. But I would like to very slowly become smarter and nicer and better. Um, and hey, thank you for for helping my AI to become smarter and nicer and better, and me in the process. Well, uh, thank you for having me and chatting with me. It was a freaking lovely time. It was a pleasure yeah. to be here. It, hey, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're in your you're in your apartment. I'm in my apartment. We're not having to share germs, even though we do share germs because I'm at your apartment occasionally. Um, it doesn't. Do you, this uh, could have been any. This could have been anything. This could have been. We were supposed to be doing it as video content, and it still would be the best way to be in separate apartments because I just I just love being alone. It's kind of I do too. I'm so I'm so comfy. I'm a nester. I'm nesting right now. Like I have, it's not even evening time, and I have all my LED lights in my apartment on to just because I'm vibing, keeping it tight. But do you have do you have (laughs) do you have anything? To plug, please plug your your uh, your social media and your YouTube page, if you will, and anything else you want to plug. The only thing that I would say, because I'm not really good so far at understanding other platforms yet, because I'm kind of spending my time focusing on one before trying to branch out, so I don't um, not liquidate. I don't uh, 
put less importance on one thing and then it get watered down. So right now I am doing Booktube, which obviously is on YouTube, and it doesn't have a fancy name. It's just my name, Katie Coulson. And if literally, if you just type in Katie Coulson, it pops up shockingly, even though there's millions of Katie Coulsons in this world. Um, and then I have my Instagram, which again, I just use it for personal and Bookstagram, but it's KSD Coulson. And yeah, and this it. is a I strong think... this is a strong Instagram page. I want to say I've I've looked at this Instagram. This is a strong Instagram page. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's battle it's battle ready. Mm. Well, Katie, thank you for coming on the show, and I hope to have you back on again soon. And uh, I would like to just, as a little Easter egg for the people who have stayed this far on the show, I do know that I didn't have a guest for my podcast this week, and I was, I mean, I've, I, I had, you were on my list of people that I wanted to talk to and have on my show, but I just happened to be in your apartment, and I had um, like five tequilas, and I was like, you were just sitting in the door frame talking about whatever, and I was like, you know what? Katie, do you want to come on the podcast? And I'm glad that we I'm glad that that's that's how this came into fruition. And hopefully next time, um, maybe I will be uh, similarly inebriated on another another substance by uh, when I when I ask you to come on the show. I think it's going to be great. I think you're going to be back on. You're clearly a regular fucking great talker. Love having you around. And another thing, I haven't had a chance to say this to you. Really well decorated bedroom. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. This is, you know, I don't like, I don't bring other people into my house, but it does look good. So it's great. It's great to hear it. Thank you. All right, cool. Well, Katie, I will catch you on the flip flop and, uh, Hey, have a good one. And I hope you have a good day at work. Hey, you too. Make sure it's not too chat. I'm sure I'll probably see you one of these nights in my apartment. Howdy Strangers is an unfunny production. If you like the show, consider rating and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps the show out. If you could, tell a friend about it. Tell a coworker. Tell your partner. Tell your mom. You know what? Don't tell your mom about this show, because your mom might know my mom, and I don't want my mom to hear this show. Uh, anyway, hey, I love you guys. Thanks for a good episode. Oh, th- oh I never even mentioned, the show's one day late this week. But you know what? It's out there. And that's all that matters. And I love you. I hope you have a good week.